Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on everybody, welcome to Conference Championship Week Emergency Pod from the Burning the Red Shirt team. It's Andrew and myself, and if you are living under a rock, the big news of the week is Delaware is joining the Conference USA, our favorite conference. I mean, we had to sit down and talk about this decision for an hour. I This has got to be the most shocking thing that we're going to hear all month, correct? You would think so. So it it was odd to me, or just I, I was caught off guard when you, you mentioned a few years ago that you've actually ventured into my neck of the woods and uh, like partied in Hoboken for New Year's, right? Which is like, I lived in Hoboken. Uh, it's like, a, it, for those of you who don't know, who haven't... Uh, just aren't familiar with it. It's basically just like a Candyland uh, fake city outside of uh, across the river from New York. It's like it's it it's not a real city at all, even though it's like technically a metropolis. It's just it's it's awesome. It's just like it's got the I guess rec- world record or whatever for most bars per per square mile. It's only one mile square. Um, but anyway, um, but you've never have you ever been to Delaware? Never been to Delaware. Nope. I went to I went to the University of Delaware to party for homecoming uh, with my buddy uh, in college uh, who had uh, a bunch of his home friends who went there and we went we made it as far as like the tailgate but never actually got into the actual stadium so uh, but fun campus to party on right they've got some uh, they've sent some people to the NFL most notably Flacco uh, but now they'll be uh, they'll be infesting our TVs on Tuesday and Wednesday nights in October, starting uh, in 2025, right? So it's exciting. They're nine and three this year, and they play in the they're in the playoff. They play at Montana on Saturday at 9 p.m. ESPN Plus. Oh, so the playoff, yeah. So ESPN Plus. So they're already used to Conference USA media coverage, <laughs> which is cool. Um, and you know, one thing that I did not realize was their athletic program is extremely well funded. It's got the, apparently it's like the second most funded, it'll be the mo- second most funded program or athletic program in the conference USA behind obviously Liberty. Obviously. So, I mean, if you're ponying up $5 million to get in, that's crazy, but it's, they must have the money and you would think. You know, I was just thinking about this. You would think that if you're going to pay $5 million, you should be bowl eligible day one. Like, you know, I think the old entry was $5,000, but now it's $5 million. You would think that they would just, I don't, I've never understood that kind of rule of like, well, you're not eligible for two years because it's like, let's just make you worse for two years. But did you know that their, their program was funded that well? No, no, I had no idea. Um, they, it's interesting. It's not, I I haven't looked at the updated map of Conference USA, but they're not, I guess they're not that far from uh from from Liberty. Um, but right you right now we're spanning west of Missouri with like UTEP, right, and then we've got uh, Delaware, which is I mean right below uh, New Jersey. So Conference USA is doing very USA type things. 
um i i i posted this in reply to one of mox's tweets but um, um he didn't give me the the engagement that i desired so i'll say it to you as well do you think that delaware being so close to the mason dixon line is the final straw for chadwell do you think having to possibly go north is like all right i'm out of here now it's possible let's see if they win on on friday against uh new mexico state also west of the uh this is really spanning everything conference usa uh, but sticking up to their name, which is the USA conference. So New Mexico state against Liberty kicking it into some of the different championship game weekend games, obviously. I mean, this is like, I know you're a Liberty guy and obviously a Caden Salter guy, but like, is there a little piece of you that wants to see Diego Pavea win? No, no, because even though I, I, I held strong, I consulted all the, or so many of the smart people that, uh we interact with across uh cfa cf cff uh uh twitter right trying to get a feel for whether or not i needed to or should hedge out of my undefeated liberty positions i held strong though uh we cashed them right 12 and 0 very nice we love to see it but unfortunately i can't go back to hate to hating liberty uh and rooting against them for like ethical and moral purposes quite yet uh, because one, they still have my boy, Kate on Salter. So until, until he transfers out, I'm going to ride or die a little bit with them. But two, I also have uh, Liberty conference USA tickets. Now I didn't get the preseason plus 280, but I'm chilling at like plus plus one forty, So I want to cash those. And so I, so I am very golf clap for conference USA for actually trying to, do something a little different, a little interesting. Did you see the timing of this game? It's Friday night. <clears throat> Friday night, yeah. Unlike, I don't understand why all these conference championships games jam in to Saturday midday against each other. Like, it's your championship game. Try to put it on an island, do something a little different, get some actual eyes on it. Like, who is going to be watching the MAC championship game at noon on on Saturday, right? Or the Sun, the Sun Belt uh, championship game? Whatever. I think that's either noon or like three thirty or something like that, right? Like, there's to get the, those ratings are going to be awful. And yes, the CUSA one goes up against Oregon Washington, which kicks an hour later. But if I didn't have a, a sweet date night lined up for Friday night, I would be uh, saying no, thank you to Oregon Washington and watching Kate on Salter drop a, a fifty piece on a. On New Mexico State. Wait, so you're going date night on Friday night? Yeah, we've had a lineup for a, a couple of months. Uh, the uh, one of the our favorite restaurants turns into like a holiday uh, restaurant. It's tough oh. to get a tough. Yeah, it's tough to you got to do reservations in advance. Uh, tough to get um, a booking. So we lined up a couple throughout the, uh, December. So that that's uh, yeah Friday night. Precedent. Well, you may get back in time to watch like the second half of the Oregon game, which should be a fun one. I'm, I didn't I'm, a huge, Go ahead. I'm a huge believer in uh, doing like the, especially with YouTube TV, the, the add to library DVR, ignore my phone. And then uh, while I'm kind of now, now coming back from date night, I'm feeling good. Uh, keep the drinking drinks flowing and let's wind up. And what was a 7 PM kick? Let's turn that into a 10 PM kick. Uh, right. <laughs> have a little fun. That would be fun. I, I don't think I'll have any uh, DFS action, so I could probably swing it. But I, I think to your earlier point, this is kind of like an anti-climatic Saturday, even with like the huge Georgia game. There's not really, the Texas game is fun, but I, I don't know. It feels like pretty. And what's funny is DraftKings is doing their big like championship weekend 
where it's like this is like the world final or whatever it is. And it's like this slate is like rough. You want to be I did projections this morning for Iowa and I've never seen anything like it. Like four <laughs> and five points for everybody. And even like Michigan wasn't even it was really just Blake Corum that was projecting well. So it just feels like a really weird slate of games. If they would just make that Friday night a little bit better, like imagine if we got yeah SMU Tulane. What a great three gamer that would be, you know. Um, I um I've never done well playing D- DFS on conference championship weekend. I all like I don't think I've ever done better than getting like twenty percent of my money back. So maybe I'll play like a, a little something on the the night slate um, for it, right? But I'm. I just know I'm dead in the water. It just, uh, for whatever reason, never works out for me. My bet is because everything is pretty straightforward. Like there's not yeah. really any, you know, last weekend it was um, a lot of guys had edges on like Abu Sama on Saturday night, mm. uh, which you had like an insane edge on like a $3,700 player type of thing. But you don't get yeah. that on championship weekend because everybody's playing because the, obviously they have to, they want to win. You know, like Brock Bowers out of nowhere didn't play, which in hindsight makes like Lad McConkey. I thought in my head, like, there's no way he plays. Like, it's a back thing. Even if he does play, I don't really want to roster him because he could get hurt so quickly to just twitch up or something. That's what they at least made me feel like it was. But Bowers in hindsight, you know, it's like, why wouldn't they sit him against Georgia Tech? Because if Georgia wins against Bama, they're in regardless of how they did against Georgia Tech. So, did you uh, play a lot of Sama? I didn't. Uh, no, I did not because I didn't play. I was at the uh, Iron Bowl. Oh Ball, yeah, and so I obviously did not enter lineups when I was uh, crying. I was. So. Uh, I was. I was uh, solo on uh, baby bedtime and got done right before seven o'clock. And I was like, I, I can't like whip together a lineup uh, before like the primary night slate kicks off. But uh, then I saw like FanDuel had an eight p.m. Uh, slate. So I was like, I need action. Like the prop, the props aren't enough. They're not doing it for me. So I threw together an APM lineup like five minutes before, and I had Sama in my my only lineup, and he was only four percent. And I was like, and within like five minutes, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. But then uh, I had Drake May and Tez Walker, so I min cashed. Um, so that was exciting. Yeah, I think a couple of my buddies had a ton of Sama, but because they had a, a ton of him, they had a lot of uh, Brock Bowers. So it uh, or enough sure. to like not make it a crazy day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Oregon and Washington. What's your what's your vibe here? Do you, it, you know, Washington beat them, but Oregon's like a touchdown favorite, right? Yeah, I would like to believe that Washington's kind of just been playing possum, vanilla, et cetera, et cetera, stuff the last few games. But I've watched almost, I've watched at least parts of almost all of their games, and Penix has just looked awful for a month. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. I may, I guess maybe he's hurt or something, but that, I mean, you, and McMillan's looked atrocious since he's came back. Uh, like, I, I don't, I, I want to believe, but I don't see, like, my, my brain just is like, what am I, why would I believe in this team? They, like, they've just looked at, they've, they've looked horrible uh, and have been very lucky to escape without a loss in the last three or, three or so games. We're, we're the opposite. I've watched like zero Washington games. Uh, they just typically play late enough where I either have diverted attention. I'm too toasty to even realize they're on TV or they're playing at 1030 and I'm definitely too toasty. I go to bed. 
Well, but, but between uh, the two of us, we cover the full day of drinking, right? By the time you're, you're winding down, I'm revving the engine, and so yes, that's actually com- completely true. Uh, one <laughs> thing I'll add about Washington: it didn't they early in the season, like in fall practice, give Penix like load management from like practice two? So I wonder if that's why. What if I wonder if they're like, yeah, this guy's arm is is gonna be shot after 300 throws, so we got to really limit what he's got going on here. Um, I also think like Oregon just looks so good offensively, but I don't know, man, it, they've already beat them. I just don't know why it would be that big of a spread. It's almost like, what, what does Vegas know that I do not know, which I think it's just based on recency of quality of, uh, play. I, I only had, so I only had a little on this prop, but in in hindsight, like it should have, should have been such a smash to hit the Bo Nix rushing over this past week. Like you knew they were going to try and do some Heisman stat type shit. Um, and of course, like he had him like right away. It was only six and a half yards and like that, like that narrative or I don't even know if narrative's the right word, but like Bo Nix this year has felt and it, it's bared out in practice that especially given how hurt he got last year um, from running the ball, like they were going to just run him in the big games and not run him in the, uh, in the games where they had the game relatively in hand. And I think the, like I, I've most weeks I've been betting as rushing props. The only one I missed I that I didn't win was the Washington one. He missed it by like a yard. Um, I wonder if we get like a, a super low prop this week for his rushing yards, like 10 or under. Cause I would like to, I would like to hit that again. Yeah. That's a no brainer. And one thing I was thinking about this uh, maybe a few weeks back was like, Bo had an incredible season, but he didn't do a ton on the ground like last year. And in my head, I'm like, wait a second. They did it. This is because they didn't want to get him hurt like last year. Yeah. And in hindsight, it's like, damn, like I should have, you know, it's, it's easier to say it now, but like, man, that feels like such an obvious move. But even then he still had an incredible season on the ground just because of his touchdown. Right. Yeah. Um, And I love the fact that recently he's just like thrown so much to his brother. And like now it's like the cool thing everybody's talking about is like yeah. his adopted. It's like every time you turn it on, they talk about him. But he has been incredible. Do you think like he fits? I don't. We have a NFL draft prop con, you know, show every offseason. I'm, I'm, out test- I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of the, out of the game. Draft. I'm out of the game. As soon as that, I've told myself as soon as the natty is over, I'm self-excluding until July 1st um, from all and cashing out all my my gambling stuff like the grind that it takes and the profit that I make the tooth and the effect that like, I'd rather just take five, six months and chill and come back super fresh for a CFB. You know, that's kind of like me in DFS next year. It's just the edge is gone. I, the amount of time I spend on a Saturday morning and then throughout the day, which won't, won't change a ton, but at least if I do just props, it'll definitely be yeah. different. I mean, I just play so much DFS and I'm like, I've played like maybe $35,000 of entries and I'm up yeah. like a thousand dollars. So like, why am I spending all this time when it's not really worth it on the ROI? But uh, to my original question, Tez Johnson feels like this kind of new age receiver that fits in well, like tank Dell has been really good. And I'm like, man, tank Dell is like the guy that was so good. And in 10 years ago, he would have sucked in college or in the NFL. And now he's just incredible with CJ Stroud. Do you think Tez Johnson has a little bit of that in him? Maybe. Yeah, you could. I feel like you could see him going like fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, I stupidly, in hindsight, was not interested in him in the offseason. I was like, yeah, he's Bonix's brother, but like, is this dude even going to crack second string receiver? Like, they had a bunch, 
a lot of receiving talent in that room. Why should he ascend? But fam- family first, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it continues. There's always some sort of narrative or yeah. reason why someone gets a ton of playing time over the air, like Sizzle right. and Tez. So I guess that we let's talk about the biggest game on Saturday. And I'm not going to go some route and say it's somehow Boise State UNLV, but Georgia-Bama, where's your head as a Georgia fan? I mean, I think everybody going into – going into Saturday was like, man, Bama's got a legit shot at beating Georgia. This is going to be an insane game. I still think that's the case. Do you, are you a little less worried after their iron bowl performance? Or do you think this is going to, how do would survive here? I was talking with uh, our boys, uh, space age dragon this morning, uh, talking some SEC stuff, bragging about uh, taking down Jared's SEC best ball for a second straight year. No big deal. Only the premier, uh, the premier conference uh, best ball in existence. But by the way, did you see who won the conference USA? I did. Congrats. Thank you. After putting together the absolute worst (laughs) performance of all time. I think last year, right? I had Reed and Frank Harris and still got last place. I did it, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, continue. Continue on your SEC. Yeah. Um, But so we were talking about the Georgia-Alabama game this week, and I was like, I don't know. I don't feel super confident. Like if you asked me how these two games for Alabama would play out, I would say they're probably going to struggle with Auburn. And they always do. And then they'll come out and play their best game against us. Cause that's what always happens. Um, and he's like, you're just dragon was just like, you're doing the thing where, you know, they're going to win. And then you're just like trying to like give yourself some good luck or whatever. I'm like, ah, you're probably right. But like that is like historically, doesn't that feel like what, Alabama always does. It's all the iron ball is always nuts. And it's not when does Alabama lay an egg against Georgia in like a, a huge game? Like we, I, it's it spot happen. out. I mean, think about even like Georgia only won by what seven or whatever against Auburn early in the year. I mean, it's just kind of an yeah. Auburn thing. Like they've done a good job of, of, uh, in Alabama specifically, Georgia not as much, but Alabama specifically, it's like, I was talking with my wife about it. Like Gus always could beat Alabama. He could yeah. never touch Georgia, but somehow, no matter what the team was, a twelve and zero or a seven and five type team, they always played them really tough, or they beat them. Um, and I think that's kind of the case here. So you're subconsciously, you know, pushing uh, that uh, Alabama is going to put the biggest game here, or what? I think they will. It Georgia is so tough to to read in terms of like this year at least how well we're going to play but on both sides of the ball any given week um it feels like we're constant like the defense isn't doing the crazy like the, the defensive dominance thing like the best game of the year that we played like was Kentucky and like Devin Leary sucks like what I, I can't really count count it as like the an effort that is indicative of future performance um Holding guys out this past week, I'm, that's cool. Let's get them healthy for a game that we need to win. Do you think Georgia needs to win this to get in the playoff? They do, right? Uh, yeah, they do. I think yeah. it's unfortunate the timing of the loss is going to impact it. Because like if if they would have lost to Bama in week four, I think they're pretty much, you know, they'd be in. Obviously, they'd be 12-1 and one still. But like, yeah. I don't know. The timing it matters a lot. But the good news is that like, I could. I don't think it's going to happen, but like Oklahoma State could win, right? Washington could beat Oregon, and they'd be out, right? There's there's ways to get it where Georgia could lose and be in, but it, I think it's pretty low likelihood. 
I can't. These, I, I'm so excited to see. Uh, what I, I'm so excited to see what Gundy has in store for uh, Oklahoma State Texas this weekend. I just I just hope that. Did you watch the Oklahoma State BYU game? No. Remember, I was out of pocket. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'll stop I'll stop having any sort of expectation that you caught any game other than the Iron Bowl. Well, in Michigan, I caught Michigan. This I watched the first half at home, and then it, it's actually incredible. The service at the stadium was awful outside the stadium. I walked through the gates, and it was like I could watch YouTube TV without an issue the entire second half. It was incredible. It's amazing. Were you... Were you um... So where, what were your seats like? Were you able to really capture fourth and 31? Did you, I mean, you saw where he caught the ball, right? Yeah. That, I guess that, like back left corner, right? I was 40 rows up. That was the exact, <laughs> that's the exact corner that we're in. Yeah. That's that's so sick. I could see it, man. To relive the play, he throws the pass and I kind of look down and I'm like, oh shit. Like that's one-on-one. And then I'm like, that's a lot of space. The problem was there was just a ton of space when he threw it. And he threw it, obviously, towards the corner. The guy pushed off a little bit. They were grabbing. Once I saw the gap in like where that player was to the, the sidelines, I knew there was too much space and that he was going to catch it. It just was, it was inevitable. But Damn. So I had a great view, if you're to answer your question. It doesn't bother me, though. Like it, I'm an Auburn fan. I was certainly rooting for Auburn. It was an insane experience. But, like, that doesn't – I would be more heartbroken over, like, Virginia Tech or Michigan losing. Like totally. that. Specifically totally. Michigan, but, yeah. Yeah. So uh, – Oklahoma State-BYU was, was crazy. The pouring rain. Of course, Oklahoma State does the same thing that they did the previous week against Houston where the, they just stay in the locker room for the first half of the game and go down, like, 24-3 at half, I think, or something like that. And then – BYU plays like trash in the second half. Oklahoma State comes back, scores a touchdown to, in the final minute, should go up four, extra point gets blocked. BYU gets the ball back and uh, ties it. Uh, Ollie Gordon ends up with five touchdowns, double overtime. They win. But so I'm just concerned. Did they leave it? Like, was that their Super Bowl? Or are they going to be be up for this uh, for the conference championship game? I want. I want to see. I love seeing Gundy in like an underdog uh, role, um, as opposed to like when they were going up against the Baylor in the conference championship a couple of years ago. It just feels like I like. I want to see him just get in his bag, calling calling plays. I want to see the the game plan from the Notre Dame bowl game a couple of years ago, where they just went super fast and dropped uh, like six hundred yards. Uh, after after losing the conference championship game to Baylor because they just kind of, uh, but I don't think they're totally dead against Texas. Um, I think I love the my the best part about so, like supporting and being invested in, in Oklahoma State is just it always feels like even if the quality of player that they have in terms of their like running and passing the ball and throwing the ball isn't the greatest at some of these posi- positions, I feel confident that. They can always draw up a, if they feel like they have the matchups, draw up a run-centric game plan or a pass-centric game plan and be able to execute it um, because, like, they're, like, their scheme and just, like, they have that history at those positions of just being able to just put up insane performances, both running and passing the ball. We've seen we've seen it this year. We've seen it in previous years. So, um, 
who like I don't I don't know how that game's gonna actually play out, but I would just I would I just want to well I want to cash my thirty to one futures ticket on uh, Oklahoma State. Like hedging is just feels stupid uh, given we're talking about a fourteen point dog. Texas yeah, you can't is my, that. My, yeah, Texas minus five fifty. Like okay, I could double my money when factoring in also that I had a Kansas State ticket and like in terms of sunk costs, like big deal. Like let's ride this out and like and yeah. see if. Uh, See if yours can throw a couple picks. They lost to Oklahoma State last year. And now maybe Texas is down to RB3, right? Because Baxter is banged up. Uh, Worthy leaves every game multiple times. Uh, It doesn't feel impossible to me. That's the question is is whether or not Baxter's healthy. I think the injury was called a hit pointer, which I've never seen a hit pointer not be more than one week. So I don't know. Right. Um, Jaden Blue looks really awesome, which is helpful for our BTR team. But uh, to touch on Oklahoma State, like I think whenever it's Gundy, it's like you you always kind of have a shot, right? And then you yeah. have with a good team, right? I'm not talking like whatever, right? You know, bad teams, Gundy, but they also have Ali Gordon, who's incredible. So if you combine those two things, you're going to have the healthiest receiver group that you've had all season. I can't believe Alan Bowman is playing in a championship game right now. So great. Um, it is just incredible to think that they're in the big 12 championship. And like, if you'd have looked at their, their schedule and said, okay, they're going to lose three games. You would have never gotten the three games. Correct. They <laughs> lost to Iowa state UCF and South Alabama this year. But yeah, I mean, Texas, you never know. I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't put it past them, but I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's going to happen, but it'll be a fun one. I mean, considering all the other action on Saturday, it'll be pretty rough. I mean, that's one of the better ones. The other ones are pretty rough. Like Louisville, Florida State. What a, I mean, Louisville loses, which loses some luster. And then FSU is on uh, Rodemaker, who, by the way, gets smoked and then comes back in the game two plays later. Did you see that? Do you think he, do you think he knew where he was? There's no way. And it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't even that I said smoked. It wasn't even that bad, but I think he got hit hard enough. Plus his head had to have hit the ground. Right. I cannot believe the amount of people that are like teams that are allowing concussions to happen. Like, did you see the Mario Anderson thing? I saw tweeting about it. Basically. And I don't know if I heard this or read this correctly, but it sounded like he got hit, tried to run to the sidelines, fell over then got back up and comes back in later in the game. Like, I don't know if, if teams are allowing that, I just don't believe people are actually taking like the concussion stuff all that seriously in college. Hence the upper body injury thing that always is happening. Um, Upper body. Do you think Florida state, I guess is the more interesting thing to talk about is if they lose or if they'll be in the playoff, if they win, they'll be in if they win. Right. I think they lose though. I think uh, Brom is an underdog is the right position to back, uh, especially given what we've seen from Tate, what we've seen Florida State in terms of just play with Tate as quarterback, uh, right? Like Kentucky trying to draw conclusions about how Louisville will play, I think from Kentucky, Louisville, uh, like I don't, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in it. I think that Louisville come out and play. They'll play well, and that, that should be enough to get it done against Tate Rodemaker, led Florida State. 
I didn't. I wish I had more of an opportunity to see the game. I watched like a little bit on the drive back to Atlanta on Saturday night. Yeah. So I wish I would. Have, I could have a better educated uh, assessment of the game. But I don't know, man. I'm not. I've never. I was never all that impressed with Louisville to begin with. So that's why I'm not as like. Uh, com- it seems like you're fairly confident on Louisville winning. But what's uh, all all season we chatted about it. We didn't pot about it. Obviously, who did you end up betting on for the Sun Belt? Wasn't that the conference that you were always trying to get action on, but you never could? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, no, I, I my action was all on Georgia Southern. So that team, they quit a few weeks ago. So that that was nice of them to. They forgot to tip me off that they were they were quitting. Uh, so we don't need to talk about the Sun Belt that much anymore. It's no longer interesting for Andrew. I mean, if you want to talk about quitting, like Duke is done, right? Like the moment a line opens up with Duke, you're hammering the other side, correct? From a bowl game perspective? Oh, yeah. There's no way that any of those players care. They're probably going to portal and not play a lot of them, right? Yeah. Well, specifically, like Riley Leonard was is a, a hot name, obviously. He was a big name last offseason to an extent. Yeah. And uh, our good buddy, Justice, who you've done shows with, he <laughs> says that he has probably the best insight I have heard as to where Riley Leonard will go. Do you know where his girlfriend goes to school? Old Dominion. No, no. Could you imagine? <laughs> Auburn. His girlfriend is an Auburn Tiger. So oh, really? I'm pretty much chalking him up to transfer to the to Auburn. So man, that would be a that would be a great match with Freeze, right? Yeah, it actually would be like a perfect match. Yeah, quite honestly. Yeah. Is is there another bowl or bowl game? Is there another uh, conference championship that's interesting to you? I think like UNLV is fun just because it's like holy shit, UNLV is in a like is this good like for G five status? Yeah, I is think- there is there anyone else? Is that the game that's the most interesting to you of the G fives on Saturday? Could you imagine if that fiasco that the Mountain West? Hold to rig their chomp conference championship game happened to like a, a power five school. Have you heard about this? I well, all I know is that they were waiting on computer results, which is just incredible. And it was really just between Boise State and Air Force. UNLV San, was in regards to San Jose State. San Jose State, State who waxed the UNLV the night before. And of course, like I I haven't read enough about like the computer stuff. I assume it's not a public formula, right? I assume that they just doctored the results. They they doctored the process to fit the results they wanted, as we as is known to happen in college football, um, right? Like let's get the uh, let's get the host team into the conference championship, get a few more people in the stands, uh, type deal. Like, but just in general, like the idea of oh, the games end. We're not going to say who's in the conference championship. Wait till check back tomorrow. Um, while we just let some computers calculate some stuff. Like imagine the Big Ten did that in a three-way tie between Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Can you imagine the result, the revolt uh, that would occur? Uh, yeah, it would be chaotic. What did you see anything good on Twitter about like what the conspiracy is? Other than I don't know why would they want UNLV in? I guess is it just because it's Vegas? The game's in Vegas. I guess I guess they're the home team and they're one of the ones that do like the home game is the is the home team. I don't know. Feels yeah, weird. No, to they me, don't but... do they don't do one of the they don't do the home game home team thing. They um the oh game it's just is, coincidence. It, well, that that's what I, that's what I'm saying. That 
well, the, the so the game's going to be in Vegas. So they rigged the computer calculations to get UNLV in it to draw more people. Gotcha. Interesting. That's 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 the conspiracy theory that I stole from someone else and that I'm parroting here. Uh, you don't buy it. I mean, that doesn't feel like a big like. Yeah. Are that many UNLV fans going to go to the game now? Perhaps you not. know it's Allegiant Stadium. It's huge. I don't. I yeah. just don't see how that. I don't know. That feels like a reach, but I do think it's a bunch of of interesting action there. Uh, all right, so let's divert a little bit. Uh, kind of related to some of these potentially some of these schools that are playing on Saturday. Somebody, some guy for twenty four seven or one of these like on three type accounts, uh, tweeted out that the names that he's hearing to hit the portal will just blow our minds away. Do you actually believe that? Are we talking just like Riley Leonard wouldn't blow my mind, but it would be cool. Is, is there actually going to be a, a set of real names that are crazy that will be hitting the portal this off season? So the, the type of name that I'm most interested in that would actually blow my mind is the type of name that like a top performer from 2023 who we assume is largely trending towards being done with college football entering the draft and instead says you know what i'm gonna throw my name in the portal cop some on nil and just run it back somewhere else like that's the kind of thing that would would blow my mind Um, do you have any do you have any names that pop up in your head i have two but they're not like i have two no, I need to dream on it for a little bit. Who are your two? So this is only because I've in the C2C Slack, I've been made aware of some extra eligibility type situations. So nice. Dylan Gabriel to me feels like a, a, a no brainer to for fit sure. that mold. Yep. I think the very surprising one would be Jaden Daniels. Did you know he has another year of eligibility? Oh, dude, that is such a good one. That's like exactly that. That that's the exact theory that I just laid out. Right. Yeah. I, that props to uh, Nick, aka Winning Edge, for for saying that in our CTC Slack. Did you see, he fucking added um, Joe Milton on like Friday night, and no one, like, no one was even tweeting about Bazooka Joe having another year until Saturday morning. But he was available. He was dropped in the industry league that we're in, and I went to go grab him as soon as it like people started tweeting about it. And Nick already had him from like eighteen hours before; had already scooped him up. Yeah, it's I'll tell you fair, one it's thing. Not fair playing with him. It's not. The guy's insane. He's a psycho, but he's yeah. our psycho. Right. Um, the problem with this type of stuff is that, man, it like really changes like trades and di- dynasty leagues and stuff. Cause it's like, specifically speaking, I don't think this guy fits the mold, but like from a CFF perspective, I think he kind of fits the mold. He fits the, sh- the jacket or the shirt you're wearing, the sweatshirt you're wearing. I think George Helani is 100% a guy that should hit the portal, make some more money, because he's not going to go to the NFL and make a ton of money. So do you think George Halani, who has an additional year, will do that for me? Because I traded for a bunch of him mid-season. You would, I would think that he would let the domino of Ashton Genty fall first. Right, Genty is only through year two, so can't go pro yet, but I am... Um, I don't know how much George likes Boise, right? But if he does and Genty decides I'm going to go cop, cop a milli or two in the portal, 
uh, right? Then maybe I, I chill and just run for 1500 uh, Boise in my seventh year or whatever. Um, but otherwise, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, um, that that would be what I would assume his route would be. Um, but good on you, bro, for uh, stealing him from me in uh, Nate's League and stealing him in some other places too. But you got Jace McClellan from me. So it, he has another year, right? Yeah, the, the, the 50 yards and a half a touchdown per game are really that's going to get me where I'm looking to go. What I was really, really hoping was because I did this, we did this trade mid his injury and he'd only played like two or three games. And I was hoping he would just sit the rest of the year out and have two years of eligibility. Oh. <laughs> Could <laughs> you dream. imagine? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I sent you this really shortly. So you don't have a lot of names and that's totally fair. We'll, we'll talk about it maybe in our next pod. Doers uh, is one, right? I think Ewers could be one. Yeah. Um, DJU, there's no reason for DJU to stay at Oregon State. His dad, like, basically shit on uh, Jonathan Smith. And what is his connection to Oregon State? Uh, it's not going to be like a play. You know, why would you stay at Oregon State? And that goes for, like, Damien Martinez. Did you see his tweet? I, I saw something that made it sound like initially he's saying he's staying. But, like, you can't believe that. Well, right? he said that right he and then he s- sends another tweet a couple of days later i think when this jonathan smith thing picked up steam and was like my plan is my plan which <laughs> we all know what that means he's out uh yeah. how about aiden childs like the really highly regarded freshman you had to have seen that one right it's like a picture of him and then if you click on it the song is something i can't remember the song but it's basically like i'm leaving like see you later <laughs> uh do you think that there's no way they go to michigan state right like that would be just an idiotic move, in my opinion. Do you think that those two guys or one of them would go to Michigan State? Specifically, Martinez is the one I'm thinking. Why wouldn't he? I mean, it's a dumpster fire, and they're going to get beat by 40 every week, right? <laughs> I don't know. If you – so, first of all, you you can assume that they're going to – when Jonathan Smith agreed to go there, he, pro- he probably had a lot of discussions surrounding, like – are you going to give me what I need to dig out of this hole of a, a roster uh, that I'm walking into here in terms of just the ability to go buy players and shit like that in the portal? So you figure they'll be aggressive there. But also, if you looked at the Oregon State roster objectively just through numbers and whatever, I would assume that like Smith gets a lot out of his roster, uh, generally speaking. So if Martinez likes playing for Smith, uh, I don't know. You you have to think that it's in it's possible. Amongst, it's possible amongst a handful of considerations. I mean, and they also bring over like the the running back coach, the tight end coach. I think yeah. the offensive line coach. So I can see why. My problem is like if you're gonna go for one year, why would you go for a six and six season? Like, so I just pulled up yeah. their schedule, which is actually one of the coolest, most unique schedules. They start with FAU. Um, they play Louisiana out of nowhere they play at boston college but this is why he should not go because september 28th they play ohio state the next week they play at oregon they play iowa and then they play at michigan so you're like guaranteed to have four losses i just don't see why a stud running back should subject himself to that but maybe that's just me hoping he doesn't go to my favorite team's rival but um I thought of a couple of random names. Just tell me they're not like superstars by any, and they don't fit the mold of what you believe. 
which I think is totally fair. But like, what about Tet McMillan and Noah Fafita? That feels like a good situation, like a good possibility that they leave if the head coach leaves. Yeah. Um, do you believe like Jed Fitch keep like you saying I'm opening to a contract extension? Do you think he leaves this season or no? I don't know. There's a lot of jobs like moving around, but I don't know if I've seen one that necessarily is like clear upgrade that much better than Arizona, you know, like uh, what he's done is pretty awesome. And he's got a quarterback and a stud receiver and some interesting running backs. So I I almost feel like for him, I would try to use one more year. You win seven, eight games at Arizona. That's like pretty dang good right now. Right. So you could bolster the resume a little bit and get a bigger job than that. Yeah. Those are good. Especially McMillan is a good one. Like, why not leave? Right. Yeah. And th- what was interesting, Nate had met, brought up that him and uh, Fafita are high school teammates. I know. I know. I never really, like, I knew it for like a month and never really got around to take advantage of it in DFS like I should have. Um, Alec Ayo Maynor from Stanford. I mean, why would you stay at Stanford? Have you watched them at all this year? All, every week uh, I look at their box scores. I'm like, what the F is this team doing? Like EJ Smith has 13 targets and two carries. The, the leader, the leader in rushing attempts is like always someone who is not a running back. Like, I don't understand what, but like they do nothing really effectively, but somehow the box score is always usual. Well, not always, but sometimes not that terrible in terms of like the, the, the score of the game. Like I don't, I don't understand what they do offensively and what the system is. I would have said the exact, I don't watch a ton of them. Thankfully it basically is like a, you spin the wheel and it's like, all right, who's getting the most attempts today. And okay. Who's getting running the ball. It is wild. Uh, I don't know if I'm a, a really good player, like Ayo Manor, I'm yeah. out of there. Why would I stay? You know, like maybe he's there for the combination of football plus the degree. Who knows? But that feels like a good one. This one is a. This one would be fun, I think. Luke McCaffrey, you like Luke McCaffrey? Why would he stay at Rice? He's I mean, he had a good year. Rosner, I think so, right? He's only a junior, I think. That would be Maybe, nice. Yeah. I don't. Me, I don't know if I have him in any dynasty, but let me take a quick look, make sure I'm not just making stuff up. Yeah, I mean, I would like to believe he has another year. We we all do, right? Um, oh so. yeah, he's got. He actually per these NCAA rules, I think he actually has like two years. That's what's up. So he played well. It depends on how much he played in 2020, but yeah. he's got at least one year, I think. So what a wild, what a wild situation, <laughs> but uh, it's just, I, now I completely doubt myself, even though ESPN lists him as a junior. Um, I think that'd be a good one. If Rosner could do it, which by the way, what a, how that just flamed out, didn't it? Rosner at NC state, it was like, it yeah. never got going and then it never had a chance. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see McCaffrey just run it back because it pretty much worked out to like a 90th percentile outcome, right? Just in terms of, of targets and production and everything at Rice. Uh, it, when I when kept drafting him, like this is what I was pretty much hoping for. So let's run it back, dude. Do you think the Rosner stuff was just because it was so late in the late in the offseason that like he, when he had time he got there? Because he's like a good player. Yeah, I don't know. He like he he was fine um at at Rice, I guess, right? But that so much happened at NC State this year and in 
just in terms of cycling through the quarterbacks and you like the the game plan just felt like it didn't really manifest in terms of what we expected from like a pa- passing attempts passing production perspective but yeah he had trouble even getting on the field uh most weeks right playing like a representative number of snaps so i don't know so it's when you go G5 to P5, there's obviously risk for if you're not like a dominant player. Yeah. Another guy that fits that is uh, Zachary Franklin, which sounds another like another year. Going- well, I made like three posts in the BTR Slack or Discord this year. Did you see one of them was trying to get our all three of the people that probably check it to pick up Z- uh, Franklin before the end of the season? I uh, did not see that. No, so you because you aren't one of the three people who checked the BTR Discord. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He he quit. He quit all mess of, like ten days before the end of the season, and I scooped him in in one dynasty dynasty league. You could see him right going back to uh, G five and dominating in twenty twenty four. What if like uh, well, this would be bad because there's too many guys. But like if this because he's from UTSA, what if that guy trailer goes to like Houston? Yeah, it would make sense, but I, I don't like the depth of that one. He needs to stop yeah. fucking around with. I, deep I think receivers. that um, when it comes to Franklin, you need to just ignore 2023, right? Entered the year injured in a new program in a receiver room that had more talent than we initially expected in terms of how that translated uh, to the field. And like, it just, it just, it just didn't work out. Like, I don't think it's a real reflection on his quality as a player and, so I'm very interested in him for 2024, assuming he doesn't do something dumb like declare for the draft or um, just go to school where he walks in. It's like wide receiver five or six or something. But like, I, uh, you would think the cost will be very reasonable in almost any situation, uh, just given it's been 12 months since we saw him produce uh, in any real way. Yeah, I would agree. I think you just wash it away, act like it never happened. All parties involved. And I do agree. uh, He can't be that, you know, in terms of best ball drafts, like he can't be that expensive going into next year. You you won a league in a, you won a league in uh, champions. I did. You know, what's pathetic is I have the most insane amount of Jaden Daniels (laughs) and I finished like seventh out of 12 in that. Like, I'm not kidding you. I probably have eight of 12 teams in that league. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I picked a, a, there was a couple other guys too I did well with. You know, I had a bunch of Finn, a bunch of JJ, obviously, which, like, all things considered was a decent enough play because he was healthy the entire time. But I was so bad at everything. I had so much Franklin and so much Cephas. That's my problem. I've never won a league. I'm 0 for 24 at this point. 1 for uh, 24. I was surprised to see my name when, I, <laughs> when Greg sent that. So I was surprised, though, pleasantly. Uh, all right. Final question of the day. What? What, which will be more, the amount of points scored by Iowa on Saturday, or the uh, the difference in the score in the Georgia game? So, like, does if Iowa scores six points and Georgia wins twenty seven twenty two, Iowa would be more. So, which one do you think is is higher, the Iowa score or the the difference in that Georgia game? Oh man, that did you come up with that question? I just did, yeah. It's fan- it's a fast fantastic question. I think the spread like the spread in Bama and Georgia right now I think is five. I don't think 
I think that the different whoever wins will win by five or less. So the question is basically now is Iowa getting more than a field goal? I have a tough time seeing it. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That, I, I do want to tune into that game though. Cause I think it's just going to be, it's, it's going to be fascinating just to kind of see what happens when Iowa has the ball. Like what, like what is the game plan going to look like? You, is it just going to be trying like run the ball? Like do what they do and just hope that it works. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It is, just, it is nice for Iowa that they had a preview of like what will happen if they try that when they played Penn State. So like there's no guesswork to this in terms of if they try and do Iowa things, we know like what will happen will be the Penn State game except worse. What um, is the most realistic non-Iowa thing offensively they could do though? Like I, their quarterback is Deacon Hill, so he can't run. Like he, was is your best chance like wildcat all game? Because I don't know if that would work. Just chuck it deep three times uh, and hope that you get pass interference and um, and use that to move the ball down the field. And like they, they do have like those, some of those receivers presumably are somewhat talented, right? They have good recruiting uh, pedigree. So if you just throw a bunch of jump balls and the ball is in that in the vicinity of the receiver, maybe some good things happen. Um, you only need maybe to like a pass interference and a long deep ball to move the ball into scoring positions. You try that 10 times, maybe it works a couple times. I think you could argue, argue that that's not really all that possible for them to do that. Like their receivers are pretty small. Like Ragiani is pretty short. He's a, I mean, six foot. Um, the other guys that are active would be like Caleb Brown is like five ten. Seth Anderson is six foot. The problem with that is that the best, like Michigan's got one of the best cornerbacks in the country and a really old group of defensive backs, but it could work maybe if they, because Michigan does a ton of man. So maybe, you know, they don't play zone a whole lot. Yeah. It's a, sh- it's a, it's a shame that uh, Iowa got stricken, but at, so at, from an injury perspective so so badly because it would be it, it could be fun to see Lachey and all line up and like okay now we have legit offensive weapons maybe we can McNamara would be cool yeah maybe like uh six points would could be somewhat reasonable at that at that point uh, but now I don't know do you think uh I mean does Michigan's offense I'm curious about Michigan's offense because like it is uh the first game back with Harbaugh and you know how Harbaugh works. Like he, he does like some fuck shit where he just like scores a touchdown on purpose with like ten seconds left, like he right. did against Iowa years ago. Do you think? Uh, do you think they just military academy it, or do you think they like will actually let JJ throw it? Uh you if you what you were just hinting at, right? Like history especially when it comes to like some of these conference championship bigger games like Harbaugh likes to cover last time they played Iowa in a conference championship game what it was like 42 to 3 right uh, like yeah disgusting and gross um so you you could see something like that that happening um again this time the Purdue game last year was last year Purdue yeah it, w- it was with AOC right that was a fun game we saw the fake flea flicker with Maccabee we saw 
the fake fake flea flicker because did fake, he run it flicker. yeah we saw all the aoc overs hit and michigan still magically covers because harbaugh set like you just said decides to score touchdowns deep into the fourth quarter for for no reason other than to get the boosters the dub you have to respect it to some degree right um <laughs> well i'm sitting here thinking like uh i think i just lost my train of thought but i'm really just curious how what they do offensively i just don't know what to think they've looked bad but like we saw alex orgy on the field we saw an orgy on the field on saturday did you see that <laughs> no i saw the box score he had a couple carries i was like what the heck's going it was on like here? the first drive of the second half he had like two runs in a row one of them was really good and the other one was like i mean it was two yards yeah but it but you you wonder like why they would do that but i don't know jj under on rushing yards feels like a lock though right like there's no way they're letting him move out i, I bet it this past weekend it got a little sweatier than i, I wanted it to but came through ultimately um Yeah, if the 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 thing that would be most interesting about this game is what happens if Iowa is able to stop just traditional run game, which you could I could see that happening, right? Um, and then like okay, if that if they stop the traditional Michigan running game, the way the way that Penn State ended up destroying Iowa, it was like death by a thousand cuts of short passing, short to intermediate passing game just dink and dunking down the field. Have we really had to see JJ have to do that too, too much where he has to execute five plus throws on a drive of just kind of moving things forward. Uh, that would be probably the most interesting thing that I think is in the likely realm of possibilities to come from the game. Just kind of seeing that play out in practice. Yeah. I mean, part of me thinks that they have to throw it deep and get some of that connection back because they have to whatever whoever they play in the playoff is going to be they're going to have to throw the ball down the field so we'll see but it, yeah. it should be a fun weekend of games any final thoughts or comments andrew before we wrap up go dog look, go do, let's get the 14 playoff of georgia washington liberty and oklahoma state <laughs> i don't even know how what world that would even happen but uh, no. Uh, all right. <laughs> Hope everybody enjoyed it. We are maintaining our red shirt, I believe, still with the amount of pods we've done this season. Maybe we'll be true to our name and burn the red shirt here later this uh, later this well, year. Well, once so. we get the bowl season right, you can just do whatever you want. So we'll be all set. Oh, it's true. So yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, hope you guys enjoyed it. Big news with uh, Delaware joining Conference USA. I hope you guys are excited about that one. And uh, enjoy the games this weekend.